today on Pastor JDO3, the podcast we spend time talking to Demetrius Frazier, Senior Director of Learning and Development at Kaiser Aluminum. He achieved his bachelor's from Virginia Union University and a master's degree from the University of Richmond. He's the founder of Black Men Read, which has 987 members. Today, Demetrius and I talk about the challenge of raising children and the reward of listening to and pouring into the gifts that you have been given. And now, part three of Up Goes Frazier. Uh, passing that along uh, to your sons. Uh, and now, you join the, the, the girl dad club. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. I, I, that's why you, I ain't got no hair you, now. But man. you were supposed to touch me and get me in the boy dad club. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. You, <laughs> I will say this. I am, I am better suited to handle a girl now than I was before. You probably know this more than anybody else. Girls take patience. You have to be able to talk and reason. My sons, man, we were rolling on the floor. We were playing wrestling. We were shooting basketball hoops. My daughter is progressing so fast. And I already tell, she got like a little, like a, a character about her already. She know what she don't like. She tell you what she don't like. She tell you what she's happy about. And if this translates to five, six, seven years old, uh, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Not only I, I already feel like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, like, and she and she she can perceive things that I'm like I don't remember this being the case when I had the boys. So she can tell and feel in the room when somebody's getting ready to leave. You don't have to have put your backpack on or put it back. She's like, hold on, he's not getting dressed. But mama's getting dressed, uh, and then she started looking at the my mom, my wife, her mom, and start getting closer to her. <laughs> you ain't gonna leave me here with this guy here, because and I, I, the fact that she's picking up on stuff like that just tells me the maturity, and I'm starting to see it. But she's a she's a ball, man. I I really do wish I had a girl earlier, but I love my two sons so much. Like it's kind of hard to to choose, you know. I, I don't want to get in trouble and say I have a favorite because they'll kill oh, me. Oh, no. There is no official so, favorite. We'll talk about There's that. no official favorite. I think it's going to be my last day, and I'm going to say, my favorite is. <laughs> it was me. Can't, like can't let it go, man. Yeah, there it no, go. It's in my will. You can see what's in my yeah, will. Yeah, but... I'll put it on paper. Now, I, I think what's, what's lovely about that is, uh, and, and I always say this, I don't have a favorite. But what's interesting is that each one of the kids have a piece of you. Uh, And one of the most challenging things is to address you and someone else. Uh, For me, what is it like for you to have these three people that have a piece of your character and to have to attend to those things? My, uh, My oldest son, I always call him in my head Spock. He's super logical. He's very uh, A plus B equals C. And so when you talk to him, he takes what he remembers you saying, he takes his experiences, he adds them up, chops them up, and says this is the natural outcome. He's going to be amazing 
at dissecting problems when they come his way. He, he is going to be when adulting happens and eventually does and something comes his way, he's not going to get emotional about it. He's just going to say, let me gather the facts. Let me get the information and then I can make a logical decision. It'll be my best decision. It may not be a perfect one, but it'll be my best. And I have a piece of that. Uh, if you saw my budget, it is a pivot table filled, script filled mess. Uh, and it's just because I love doing that. I like thinking through things logically. My youngest son is more emotional. He's a feeler. He he is the kid that when you when you he's watch, you're watching him play basketball and he makes a shot, he's immediately looking to the side to see if dad and mom are paying attention and he wants to see that that uh, interaction, that approval, that value. Uh, he has high highs and low lows. And if you try to treat him as my oldest son, which I'm that way too, the emotional part, then you're in, you're in trouble because you need to address his highs and his lows. When he's high, you can't take him down from that unless you do something that counteracts that. So you feed it, right? He's, he's super smart, he's super intelligent, but if he gets emotional about what's happening, then he, he comes down a little bit. And I think seeing those pieces in me, and I'm trying to think, here's my youngest son, he's very emotional, uh, he, like, he can cry, and I teach him that. Uh, my oldest, he's logical. Don't worry about the emotions. I'm trying to teach him the parts that I have, and it's hard. It's really hard to be able to deal with that because I don't do well with my emotions. I'm going to counseling. <laughs> I am trying to talk him through. I am trying to meditate, and I got to be able to deal with someone else who does that. But what it does is it says, here's why it's important. Here's why you need to get yourself in the best shape possible so you can address and deal with your son uh, and daughter better. And which brings me to a point, and I don't know how much they say it down where you are or how much you hear it. This boys being emotional thing has got to die. <laughs> uh, this, this, uh, this notion that you just rub some dirt on it and stop crying and man up. And that's, we got to kill that. Men gotta kill that. Yeah, I was gonna ask we gotta you stop that too because one of the the things that our, my girls are pushing for is not to put this stamp on what a girl is or what a woman mm -hmm. is. Uh, and so I have a particular way I like to see a woman. And so if you're not in that particular thing, I say, hey, look, throw that hoodie off, man. Don't like that. <laughs> like that doesn't mean anything you may not like this right. specific presentation but this is how I feel comfortable how challenging is it not to push that narrative on your sons especially because you know how the world will perceive uh, a male that will feels comfortable crying in public and, and trust me, remember I cried at my right. wedding, and, and everybody looking like, right. and I'm like yo, and, we, and they clowned them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh -oh. Uh -oh. So here it comes. Yeah, here it comes. Like God, dang it, why did I cry? All right. So what is it like having that and be like, hey, I'm a father. I have to impress this upon my kids. Uh, but right. part of how they learn how to be a man is me. Uh, and 
how do you avoid forcing that narrative because you know what the public response will be? I, I think you got to go. It's the same thing, and it's weird that it's working this way. Because now that we're talking through it, it's the same thing. What's your mission? Your mission is to raise a wonderful son, daughter, uh, and make make sure they're happy. Make sure they're taken care of. Make sure they feel safe and protected. Uh, that's it. It's it's not about any of the other stuff, right? It, it's not about make sure they fit a mold. Uh, and the beautiful thing about it is this generation uh, of kids, the ones that are coming through and now they're 18, 20, 21, this generation's perfect for resetting that mold. Because they don't, they don't, they don't think that way. My son, we sit down and have conversations. Uh, he's telling me about the bullying that's happening because someone, uh, a boy, likes pink or something, or thinks a different way, or you know, that stuff. It's it's our baggage, and the best thing we can do is to say, let me connect with this, my son, my daughter, understand what they like, dislike, what they want to be about. I can help protect them from things that are pitfalls, like real things. Like, let's talk about credit. <laughs> let's talk about not getting in too deep into a relationship until you really kind of felt each other out. You know, let's talk about real stuff. But the whole mold about this is what a man looks like is ridiculous. Let's just call it what it is. Because we've said, well, you got to be this tough bravado and you got to, you know, provide for your lady and, you got to do all this stuff. And how many times, and I, I'm really going to, I know you've seen this. I've seen it as well. You go to a funeral and there's a dude up there who's been told and pumped up. You got to be a man for your family. Stand up. Trying to hold back tears for someone they are hurting that they just lost. It could be their grandma, their mom. It could be their uncle, somebody really close to them. But they're trying to hold up this bravado in front of a group of a hundred people who love him who appreciate him who's came to this particular thing for him but he's trying to hold on to that mold to say that this is what men do it's ridiculous it's absolutely it's harmful actually to be honest if, if you hold on to the tears that you have you hold on to them tears that you have and you've been trying to cry it is damaging to you internally we got to stop that we got to find a, a way to stop it. But let me push the, the conversation a little further because mm-hmm. my daughters and I, we have this discussion all the time, is we need to kill that ident- that narrative or this model of what it looks like. But we don't need to throw the whole thing away. <laughs> I, I think what's interesting <laughs> about this culture is this culture that they're growing up in says there is no gender, there is no male, there is no female. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. Like, I agree. You know, just because you're a woman don't mean you just get you, you got to cook dinner. Like I was cooking dinner. You know, just because you're a man don't mean you got to throw out the trash. I get that, but we're gonna throw the whole thing away. Like we can't throw the whole thing away. How how do we help them find this balance to say it's okay to wear pink, but you're still a male. <laughs> like come on now. Right. And, and I'm gonna call you he. Uh, I don't care what you do. I'm still gonna refer to you as he. It, it, it is what it is. And I know that's insane. So, no, so, so here, <laughs> man, this is a tough one. Uh, we need two hours for this one. But let me boil it down to what, I, what I'm seeing. Uh, this, 
gender identity is probably going to be either a potential rift between this generation and previous ones, or it can be a bridge. Think about it. We have, probably you and I, have we're probably one of the last groups that grew up in the man wears the pants in the household. Uh, you provide for your family. Your woman will never need anything from anybody except for you, that kind of thing. And the woman's role is this and that. But in that time frame between you growing up and me growing up and now these children, they have seen things that they want to change. And they see those constraints that we put into the man-woman boxes as weights. And they're trying to strip all that out. Now, they might have swung the pendulum a little farther than we would like, but if we don't start to talk to them about what all this means, why they feel so strongly about that, this group will say, you don't get it, and you'll never get it, and I'm, we're just going to do our own thing. And they have large enough numbers that, Johnny, we think we had numbers. We didn't. <laughs> so we, we're stuck between two large groups, the boomers and this group here, the millennials and whatever else they call the next generation. These groups have numbers. We don't. So we're going to be the, the forgotten ones, if anything. But I, I really think that we have to have that conversation. And we, we can't come in with our what we think it should happen, we got to bridge that gap. And like you said, you're having with your daughters, I'm glad you guys are having the conversation as opposed to you saying, no, this is the way it's supposed to go, this is the way the Bible ordains it. If you hit them with that, that sledgehammer, you're losing. So have you had this discussion with your children or with someone from this generation? How do we address the issues with roles without destroying the entire construct use the hashtag pastor jdo number three podcast or use the hashtag pastor jdo the number three we look forward to having you as a part of this great discussion yes we'll see you next week for part four of up goes frazier